Hey guys, I'm Aiden Wild, and we're here on the Greg Bennett Show. If there's any questions, reach out and we'll answer them for you. Welcome to the Greg Bennett Show presented by Any Question. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and I've just finished an absolutely outstanding conversation with the young Mr. Hayden Wild. And I came into this episode knowing that Hayden was one of the great athletes of the future, coming in here with Olympic bronze, a Commonwealth Games silver medal, winning the Super League Series in 2022, and just missing out on the World Series title uh, this year and, and coming up in third place for that. I knew his resume. What I didn't know is just what an outstanding human being he is and just how his love of family, prioritizing his mom and his brothers, just how he's always got them in mind when he races and he's so grateful for racing make sure you listen to the end of this one because he really is just an amazing person and uh you know i came in like i said knowing that he was a good athlete and i was a bit of a fan and i've left thinking yep i'm a massive fan of this guy and i want to see him really you know take on the world in, in years to come but just really a fantastic episode I want to thank you all for for listening and sharing the show. It, it really makes you know means the world to me. It truly does that this show has grown to where it is, and that is because of you and your willingness to share it. Please keep any feedback coming or any advice you have or any suggestions. Um, I do appreciate it. You can do that on any of the social platforms out there. And also go check out any question. Any question is the place where you can come on and and uh, ask any of the world leading experts any questions and and get their video responses Um, at the moment we have you know over 750 experts across you know 15 16 different channels from sport and healthcare to photography to pets Um, come on ask questions listen to any of the answers that are already there there's over 30 to 40,000 answers already and you can search and discover great content there so go to anyquestion anyquestion.com and go check it out or you can download it on iOS or Android that's anyquestion All right, enjoy this one. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. All right. Well, today I am joined by a young man who is truly just spearheading the next generation of superstar athletes. This guy is absolutely remarkable. At the young age of 25, his resume is just truly outstanding, especially when you take into the fact that we've got a COVID year mixed in there and everything else. Listen to this, Olympic bronze medalist, 2022 Super League triathlon champion and runner-up in 2021, 2022 World Triathlon Series overall third with wins in Leeds and Hamburg WTS events, a silver medal at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham after what I think was a pretty crappy call, which had him sidelined and gave him a 10-second penalty, and we all missed out on what was going to be an epic sprint for gold. But he, he ended up with the silver there, and then add to this, a national 5K champion for New Zealand with a personal best for 5K of 13.28. Just to put that in perspective, that's a 2.42 per K pace, or for Americans listening, 4.21 per mile pace for 3.1 miles. It's absolutely off the chart, insane. Anyway, it's just a true honor and privilege to have him join me today. So welcome Thanks for joining me on the Greg Bennett Show, Hayden Wild. How are you, mate? Oh, really good, mate. How are you? <laughs> well, pretty good, although you say really good, and we just were talking pre-show, and you, you hung up with uh, with COVID. Oh, mate, it's it's been a long time coming. I thought I was the uh, I thought I was one of those special hybrid breeds, and it's uh, <laughs> it finally caught me after all these years. So it's uh, 
yeah, better late than ever, I guess, in a perfect time. And yeah. it's uh, off season, so why not? Oh, <laughs> mate, this is your first time. Wow, you are a special person. I think uh, my <laughs> wife and I, we counted, I think we're a good, at least three. <laughs> we're, we're thinking that we stopped testing after a while. We're like, oh, my you God. Like a Belgium triathlete, mate. Is that right? They've all had it that many times as well, have they? Yeah, I, I know Martin and Yella very well, yeah. um, and especially my, my girlfriend being from Belgium, so you get all the goss, but I swear those guys have had it. Oh, tell you what, can't can't remember how many times they've had it, but yeah. yeah. But you've been sick a couple of times this year too, mate. And they weren't COVID the other the other times you've had. Yeah, I've, um, I'm normally really good with sickness, yeah. but um, I guess just you know um, being stuck in New Zealand for a few years and not getting that kind of exposure to to the to the world for a few years, you know, post comms. I was out for a good week uh, with a pretty decent uh, uh, virus. Mm. Um, in bed, uh, freezing my freezing my ass off, and I think it was about forty degrees outside and Celsius. Everybody, forty oh, Celsius. Shocking. <laughs> that's that's brutal. But you know what? I, I it's not just you. I feel like these last few months, sicknesses just went rampant. And look, I have a two and a four year old, so we were just sick the entire time with kids. But everybody I speak to, it's like the RSV virus, or the you know, everyone's got names for all these viruses now. But it's almost like <laughs> we we locked ourselves up for you know a year or two. And then it was like, okay, if you guys are going to lock up, I'm going to, we're going to get you pretty good now. And, um, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And especially when you get pretty run down, you know, obviously with all the travel and all the racing and pushing yourself the way you do, it's, you know, it's probably a matter of time. Did you think you were sick at all going into the final, into the grand final? you know, last week or do you think it came after? I felt good. Like I felt good coming into it. Like actually a couple of weeks before I didn't want to like acknowledge it at all as I, you know, I didn't want to make an excuse, but I was actually, I had a fever uh, for a few days and I was um, closely watching my um, heart rate variation and uh, was about 48, um, around 48. I'm normally about a 32 and that was only for a couple of days. So, in a way, it was, I think it was actually a blessing in disguise. Um, it got me off my feet um, a week after Super League, and it actually probably gave me some well-needed rest. And that, and that's why I didn't use it as an excuse because, like, after that week, I was hitting some some awesome numbers. Um, I was I was on target for 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 a good one. Um, mm. Coach was saying um, when I I do this one specific bike um, session, he was like, "That's probably the best one you've ever done." So I knew I was on. Yeah. And then got to, got to race day and everything felt good. Had a great swim and then, yeah, the legs just uh, they just weren't there um, at all. Um, I was struggling to help the boys in the bike group and I'm normally up there and everyone was like, "Man, it was so weird not seeing you up the front on the bike pushing." So it just goes to show that you know being one or two percent off um, at the top, it just yeah, you, you definitely pay for it and um, you know it is what it is. And uh, I just get, I think it's quite nice. It makes you kind of come back next year. Mm-hmm hungry for more mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. going out there er- winning everything when you're young it just keeps on making you hungry and keep coming and coming back so i'm uh, uh, looking forward to next year already well done mate it shows great maturity too by the way just having that kind of mindset i'm sure it kind of you know you went in it was kind of between you and alex uh ye for the world title and, and you basically everyone was talking about you've just got to beat alex right you know and and then if he beats you he's got to beat you more by more than you know one spot i think and <laughs> and then and then Berger comes and and says okay guys i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this up a little bit and it was quite 
remarkable what happened. I don't know what other word to put with it. It was like, you know, Alex finished fourth and he had to finish third. You finished sixth and you had to finish fifth. I mean, did you understand what was going on? Did you know what position you had to be in or were you getting any information or, or did you, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I knew that. <laughs> I knew and if Alex wasn't feeling good, I was like, oh, just out sprint him, yellow, out sprint him. And I was just burying myself just to try and conjure up some sort of finishing touch. Yeah. And when Matt went past, I just like, I just had nothing. And he went past and like, I just like had no breath. I was like, oh no. <laughs> and that's what, and that was the last 500 meters. And I was like, oh man, like I, I know I just lost it right there and there was nothing I could do about it. And that's um, all right. That's all so right. It was just like, oh, but like, I don't, I don't know why people, a lot of people were underrating um, Leo. He's, uh, oh, he's a talented athlete and mm. he's just, I always call him Mr. Consistent, you know, he's just yeah, yeah. consistently up there and he had the French around him and the French were like, you know what, we want to bring the title home. Let's yep. go and bury ourselves and just go to the front and oh, they sure did. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're, it's been such a incredible rivalry between you and Alex Yee for these last couple of years. You know, you guys are doing the Super League and the Olympics, of course, and and then the Commonwealth Games. And so it's become kind of like, that's why the conversation, I think, for a large, we, we weren't talking about anybody else. It was kind of like, well, that's that's the exciting part. And this is going to be... And then to have Leo do do what he did was, um, we were like, oh, what? <laughs> and then we're, we're all trying I think to. Everyone was just like, oh yeah, that guy. And I'm like, oh man, I was. It was the one guy I was concerned about because I know all the French can swim, and if they get away, yeah. I know they're gonna they're gonna sacrifice their race to get them up the road. So yeah. uh, it was it was really cool to see him. That break, like we were pushing hard, and and I were just so like our group was just too big in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that group was just the perfect size for that course. And they were just absolutely given it and having, um, you know, Jonathan up there, he was, you know, he was the, the organizer of the pack and he was really pushing it hard to get away. So it was, it was great to see. Yeah. To well, it made, it made for great racing, but I did feel for you, mate. I was, I was cheering for you and, uh, you know, we, we talked about doing a, an episode, you know, a month or two ago and we, we figured let's, let's wait till after Commonwealth games. And you had all these other things. And then I was like, Oh, let's wait for the end of the year. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on the show to, to chat now. Um, like you said, yeah, I'm just sitting up in bed with COVID. So <laughs> I do it today. I'll do it today. I was like, Okay, let's do it. Uh, so I really appreciate you coming on, mate. And um, it's just great to get into, inside the, the mindset of a champion, um, you know, and it, it doesn't always have to be when things going absolutely perfect. And obviously they're not perfect for you right now with COVID and, you know, finishing third in the World Series when it was yours or Alex's or anybody's really, there was quite a handful of you, but I love how you put it earlier, you know, it's like, yeah, but man, I'm young and it's still giving me something more for the future now. Um, and, and that's a great way to start looking at 2023 and 2024. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the, the if any, any of us won the race, it would have been the youngest world champion since Alistair. So, like, it just puts that in perspective. Yeah. Nine years ago, the last person that did that. So it was like, well, like, still young. You know, Harvey was doing it when he was 36. Why not? You know, I've got another 10-plus years if I really wanted to. If yeah. the body holds up, let's just take a step back, have a look what happened in the last, 
last couple of years and say, hey, like, man, the improvements have just been awesome and just kind of hope yeah. you just kind of keep coming back and hope for that consistency, you know? Yeah. So what, what was the focus coming into 2022? I mean, you, you covered so much with, with the Super League, Com Games, World Triathlon Series. You know, what, what was, when you came into this year, what was your focus? Yeah, for me, it was definitely um, Super League champ and, um, yeah, it was kind of like a – it was a bit all over the show in a way. I was like trying to fit as many things in as possible first year out of COVID, let, let's go and get it. But the main priority was Com Games mm. and then whatever happens after that is just a bonus. So Com Games – um, I really stacked my World Series up right at the beginning mm-hmm. um, just so I can kind of focus on com games and not having to, to stack my end of year. Mm-hmm. So that actually worked really well. So I uh, got my three, rate four races in before – um, like a, a good month out before Com Games, so I was lucky that you know the the races went well, and they were consistent. Um, you know, I was a first, first, a second, and a second. Um, and then coming into Com Games, I was in great shape. Um, you know, obviously that little bit of controversy there, but still, uh, I was. It was honestly, uh, if not the penalty, probably. The, my best race I've put together with an amazing swim. Mm-hmm. Um, just got off the front of the bike and went went for it, and then just try to hold my own on the run. Uh, we had a bit of a game plan, but obviously didn't know the pen- until I got the penalty until about a lap and a half in. So that no. was um, that that was a, another story. But and then it was Super League. Uh, I've always wanted to uh, take the Super League title, and um, you know this year with the five races, it was it was all about being consistent this year, and um, yeah, stoked to kind of take that one out but um yeah the big one of the big focuses was uh world champion um and that kind of yeah that world triathlon um series and yeah i guess in the middle of that as well i i got offered to do a pto so yeah i just love racing and yeah yeah, yeah it's like sometimes it's probably maybe a bit too much but I'm quite lucky. My body responds quite well to a lot of racing, but also I can kind of get up the next day and, and kind of, and train that even though I'm kind of suffering, I can just kind of, you know, work through that suffering and, and try and just keep that kind of consistency up to, yeah, kind of not fade throughout the, uh, throughout the year yeah well it, it was such a solid year let's just recap for people that maybe are listening and don't know about the commonwealth games that was the priority tell us what what was the penalty for what happened there yeah, so essentially, you know, the sprint distance and the super sprints are becoming so fast and, you know, every second counts um, coming up to that top level now. And uh, I was coming into transition. I literally told myself when I came in, I was like, all right, dismount as early as possible because there's no point, you know, you've got three guys around you. There's no point in, you know, messing this up. And I know that all the cameras will be on you. So if you mess up, they'll catch it. Mm. And uh, I, you got off the bike, happy days. And then boom, there's my, there's my bike um, coming into transition and uh, I ran to my shoes and then pretty much essentially wrecked my bike. Um, and as I wrecked my bike, I had my hands on my um, helmet so the clip of my helmet getting ready to unclip uh-huh. as soon as I locked my bike into um, the wheel kind of rack um, I came down and as I was coming down to my shoes I unclipped um, so I had my hands on my my yeah. um, my bike helmet the whole time um, and then unclipped put my shoes on and off I went and 
not until yeah second lap um so yeah the, the actually the plan was in my race tactic was to um to take that first lap you know a little bit easier high tempo and then really bring it home on the last lap so that's why i kind of lost you know eight to nine seconds on that first lap just to kind of mm-hmm. you know, put a lot of effort in on that on that bike and um, i wanted to save myself a little bit on that last lap and i knew that if i was running high tempo alex would be running thresholds so he'll be putting a lot of effort and then I got that uh, yeah, that that bad news from the coach saying I had a penalty. I was like, oh, you know, as much as you kind of just wanted to chill out and 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 all that, it was. Um, I knew my race was done uh, from there, and it was it was Alex's to lose. So um, yeah, it was it was unfortunate. It was I was more gutted that Alex didn't get that final finish, and the triathlon community didn't get that finish they wanted to see. Like, oh, would have been like first. Oh first kind of event of com games and you kind of get a race like that like oh it'd been amazing to see yeah how do you think you would have gone in the sprint come on oh i felt i i felt pretty damn good um i look when alex i literally my plan was to let alex catch me in the last k at the top of the hill and i looked back and yeah he looked pretty he looked like he worked really hard to catch up and i was like oh, i feel pretty good and um he knew i had a penalty i had a penalty and oh, i came around the corner i was like man my legs feel super good right now like well, yeah I, like i know i've lost a few sprints gained at Alex, but i think this time i might have been more prepared for sure <laughs> oh mate i and you did protest it right and but they yeah. just they didn't I mean, do they have any evidence? Because it's you can't see. Oh, it's a tough one because, like, everyone thinks I had the magnet clip on, but actually I just had a standard bike clip on. Yeah, nobody's the, the magnet clips aren't allowed, are they? Nobody has magnet clips. Well, that's wow. So they used that. We have got the magnet clips, but the new US safety law. Yeah. So as I was part of Team Specialized, we got all these new helmets for the Com Games. We got the new um, Evade and our our team manager JB was like oh so these new helmets don't have the magnet clips because it's under US safety standards that you're not allowed to have them anymore mm-hmm. so I had the yeah, the normal clips so everyone probably thought I had a, a magnet clip which probably made it look like it, I already unclipped ready to go but actually yeah just had a, had a standard clip but um yeah, it was just uh, just one of those things, eh? But um, you, you live and you learn from it, and yeah, it was it was a very long process. You know, a good three four months. Mm. Well, the lawyers and stuff were like, you know what, like we can keep pushing it, but I think we'll come back to the same point we were. Yeah, um, it just came down to. Oh, I was just like a, a judgment call on the day, which is, as as a lawyer said, that is very hard to get around because it pretty much says like it's in the it was in the you know the field of play and mm. you can't do you know they can't do much about it. So, in um, fighting scenarios, is probably the hardest thing to ever fight. Even though you know if you have pure evidence, it's still yeah very yeah. hard to to push. Well, mate, you know I think you did the right thing by at least protesting i i think you would have felt probably it would have been nice to win the protest but it also would have been not the way you wanted to win too so it's kind of like okay let's just move forward right (laughs) i I told my team as well i was like i was like if it takes the gold medal from alex um no don't don't even try and protest but if it gives us a double gold hey that'll be awesome but if it was if it took the way alex like because it wasn't his fault at all um Mm. so if it took away his medal, i was like nah cancel that Uh, i'm not doing that at all he's a a great mate of mine and yeah yeah you don't want to do 
with that, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's really great to hear. And, you know, you guys have had some epic battles. Let, let's go back to, you know, the Olympics last year, 2021. It feels like a lifetime ago, but 2021. It does, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, not, it's only just over a year ago. And, and you know, y- you'd come out of, you know, New Zealand, which the lockdowns were unbelievable. My brother was living in New Zealand at the time and, um, you know, and, and so training would have been difficult. You weren't able to leave the country to go do any races. Um, and basically you went from sort of a, a COVID year and a half of lockdown straight into Tokyo Olympics. And I just, I, what, where was your head at when you were heading off to the Olympic games? And, um, you know, what, what were you thinking? Were you thinking I'm in good shape and I got a shot here or where were you at? Yeah, it was, it was hard to tell, you know, in 2019, I had my breakout year in a way. Yeah. Um, I got third at the Tokyo test event and I was like, oh man, like we could be on for a, for a good one. If we, if I keep this kind of form up and, um, raced in, uh, Malulaba in Australia world cup. And the day after that's right, um, that's right. that race, it was just like, um, our, yeah, our prime minister said, if you don't get home on Monday, you aren't getting home. So, um, everyone had to rebook their flights and, and get on the flight that night. And yeah, we got home and then we were there for, yeah, uh, just over a year and a half. Uh, couldn't, couldn't do anything watching everyone, race in a COVID friendly environment on the world series. And it was really tough, but it was actually, you know, I think you could have taken it in two ways. You could have either taken a, a, a decent break off and, and not really invest in this time that we, we have without racing or yeah, for me, it was just a perfect time. Mm-hmm. I knew what I had to improve on. Um, that was essentially swimming, some power, some pace, and if I can improve um, some aspects on the bike and the run, um, you know, I'd be pretty happy with that. So I was there with my, my swim squad. Um, so my coach, Liz Van Whaley and Matt were there and, you know, I was with them all the time. So um, to get pushed by a swim squad for, you know, a good year and a half, that was, that was great. It was definitely increasing my mm-hmm. um, strength and speed. And, you know, I normally, I'm solo overseas. So to have my coaches here at the time and making sure I'm fine tuning that technique and, and keeping good posture and form, that was great. And having my track, my, one of my best mates, Sam Tanner, um, who actually went to the Olympics for the 1500 meters, um, you know, him and I trained uh, together really well. And we both have, um, you know, uh, the same sort of specific goal, but in two different sports and we're coached by the same coach and, mm. you know, we were just training super hard He, I would, you know, I would give him a, I'll give him the one, two and the longer stuff. And he would give me the, <laughs> the one, two and the, and the short, um, and the short stuff. So it worked really well for us. He'd, you know, give me a, a 20 meter head start and over 200 and 300 meters and he'd have to try and chase me down and then I'll try and have to hold on to him and then vice versa on the, uh, oh, on awesome. the long stuff. So it was, it was actually really good fun. And, um, mm. you know, I always loved, I'll always love training with Sam and, you know, that got us, you know, super quick. Um, heading into that and as soon as borders opened um, yeah we we got on um, got on a flight to Leeds and my coach was like okay like honestly don't worry about what the result is you're going out there and you're just you just go out there and race as hard as you can and I want you to blow up so that was initially <laughs> the intentions pretty much I so we went out there. I swam as hard as I could. <laughs> Had one of my best swims. I was about 15 seconds off the front and got on the bike. And my initial yes ideas were just to attack, defend, attack, defend. And 
uh, making the bike quite difficult and then just go on the run and just absolutely give it some um, and then about 2k um, before the finish that's when I when I blew up so finishing that race in I think fourth fifth, I think it was fifth, just fifth, fifth, yeah, fifth, fifth right, place right, right behind uh, Alaza and Van Riel Pearson and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so just after that uh, I was like okay it's this perfect I, I now know but what I need can to I interrupt? do when I say you were fifth you were also one spot in front of Christian Blumenfeld who was in sixth the eventual that's sorry. the one yeah, yeah. he didn't look too happy <laughs> <laughs> I love it go on sorry mate and then, um, and then yeah so I, I knew exactly what I needed to do that was my yeah essentially my last race before the Olympics and um, yeah got cracking in Girona and with a bit of time also in Belgium and my, it, was, it was great that my coach came over for, for two months leading in Hmm. Um, to the Olympics and I actually did um, I, I not a lot of people know this but three weeks before um, I raced in a bronze league, a bronze continental cup uh, 5000 meter race in Belgium hmm. um, just out of Zug and um, it was I was about 20 oh, it was about 24 hours in deep in training um, and I ran, it was a windy day, it was wet and I got fifth place uh, and I ran a 1330, uh, on that day. So just a couple of seconds Jeez. behind my PB. So I knew, I knew I was on, uh, Jeez, that's for a good run if I, if oh. I got off the bike, uh, relatively close to the front. So yeah, I, I, I think I knew that. Um, coming into Tokyo, if the stars aligned, um, I'd have a good day out there. And yeah, there was a few times in that race where I was like, oh boy, I've really messed this one up. But uh, it all came pretty well at the end. So yeah, yeah let, let's, fast forward to, let, let's fast forward to the Tokyo because I want to know your mindset. When, yeah. Well, the four of you, Johnny Brownlee, you know, you guys were running. What was your mindset when you were, you know, 5K in Olympic Games? You know, you've just run, like you just mentioned, a 1335K in the rain and wind. I mean, what's going through your head at that point? Yeah, so honestly, if I actually tell you what happened pre-race, I was one of those guys and they jumped into a, into the prop of the boat. So I did about 200, I did 200 <laughs> I meters of max that. effort. Oh, yes. Got, got back to the pontoon. That, couldn't believe that. Oh, mate, that was the worst. I remember we were all watching it and it was like none of us have watched <laughs> a great sporting event for a year and I was so excited the Olympics are going. Boom, the race starts and then they pull it back after you all jump into a boat that was in the way. That's right. Honestly, so I was so focused that I didn't even realize that boat was there and I was literally the one right beside the prop. And I was like, oh, man, I'm having an absolute blinder here. And I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's half a field isn't even in the water. (laughs) And and they let you go so far. Oh, I'll tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, was it a good thing or a bad? Like I was wondering... Did it affect your nerves in a in a good way or a bad way? Did you feel like like was there enough recovery after the? Because it was, it was like a two hundred meter effort. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of I kind of put in the mindset where we, we got put in the cooling tent like for a good twenty minutes. So I was like, well, actually, this could actually work to our favour because you know we're sitting in the cool tent for as long as we can yeah. and we're trying to keep our body cool down and all this nonsense. So it actually kind of you know warmed the arms up a little bit. So that's what I was kind of thinking, but. 
I don't know. I, I was I, I had a pretty decent swim for my my standards. You know, about I think it was about forty seconds behind, so yeah. it was pretty good. But the the disaster was I was actually made it in Alex and Christian's group, but someone kicked my helmet like five meters away from my bike. Oh, brutal! And so I had to quickly catch that, and you know, Christian Gustav got onto the front of the group, and then I was essentially no man's land, and I thought that was my race done. Yeah. I did one lap solo, like about 400 plus watts, like just freaking out. And then I look back, I'm like, oh, yep, Casper Stones, Gustav, Mario Mola, Alaza, Javi Gomez, boom, this is my pack. And then so I kind of just pulled up a little bit, waited for them. And then um, we just worked so well together. And we were just like, all right, boys, just keep pushing, keep Mm. holding this 30 second gap. And as soon as that chase group catches um, Vincent's group, I guarantee you it'll neutralize. As soon as it, as soon as it, that gap was caught, uh, we we bridged up essentially in half a lap because mm. the whole race was neutralized. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. M- moving on to the the run, um, I tell you what, it was if, if any if any day you wanted to get into the the flow state, it was it was that day. Oh. I just felt. I just felt amazing. It was just, you know, there was the crowd was out. Um, the just just felt one like just felt a one. You know, like it was it was an amazing feeling. Like everyone's like, oh, how do you get to this flow state? And you don't really know sometimes, but mm. when it, when it, when you're in it, as you'd probably know, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And I was yeah. If any race, I was pretty stoked. I got into it and into this race and. Yeah, man, we were just chopping K's um, and we weren't really kind of thinking about it. But I guess, you know, we got into, well, we got to like the last lap and we were kind of looking at each other, but we're like, you know, we're going to keep this pace on Gustav and, and Alistair, or Johnny, sorry, we're just behind. Um, so if we if we start playing around, we could, you know, really kind of mess us up. So we kept the pace on anyway, but I think we got it into a bit of a metronome state. So when we started attacking, it was kind of like... Well, you were you started the attacking, if I remember, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I yeah. Did. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I went for one and I just kind of went for as long as I could. And I, th- I don't really think it was like a, a massive increase of pace. Um, and then it kind of went backwards and, and then like Alex went to the front and then Christian was behind us. We're just like, Oh man, like surely it just looks like he's suffering big time. It always looks like he's suffering. It's so hard to read the guy. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it was impossible to read him. And Alex, and I was like, yeah, we've got him on the ropes hundred percent. We've got this. It's first one. one Were you talking? Two. Were you talking at all or no? Um, a, a little bit. Well, actually when Christian attacked, he was behind me yeah. and then he kind of crept up into my shoulder. And this is when Alex was leading. And then I told Alex, um, I was just like, I was like, Oi, he's going. Oh, did you <laughs> and really? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then so he looked to his side cause I think he was, uh, Christian was trying to do a sneak attack. And then I just, cause Alex and I worked the whole time. So I was like, yeah. all right, come yeah. on. We haven't, I, you know, we, we, we know each other well. Like we've been working this whole time and then old mate just, does that so then um he attacks and he were like oh yeah we got onto him and i was like oh yeah this won't, won't last for too long and then i was like i oh, have 200 pass alex drops a touch and then i try and go around and then all of a sudden i was just like he's still going <laughs> <laughs> he's just still going and then you know, we couldn't respond and I, and I think that mentality side comes in where um alex and i were just stoked that we're going to be medal, medal contenders and Christian's been at the games before. So it was either getting a gold medal or, 
you know, passing out on the ground. So yeah. I think that's when that men, that young mentality came in and said, oh, yo, we're going to get a medal. How cool is this? <laughs> uh, and I think that was probably our Achilles heel in a way. Mm. Yeah, in those moments of just being completely focused. Oh, and you're suffering um, too. You're absolutely oh. suffering. People, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, it's just going to go. It's like when you're redlining and you've been redlining for minutes and minutes and minutes, it's like, yeah, what, <laughs> if you can't, you can't. It's like, and that's why uh, I've always found like when I when I finish a race and maybe you you look back and go, oh, maybe the best thing to do is like that couple of hours as soon as as soon as you've crossed the line, write down exactly how it felt because the next day you wake up going, oh, maybe I coulda, and it's like, no, read your notes. I guarantee you, <laughs> it was brutal. I think everyone at games was mostly disappointed because everyone did so much heat training and sauna <laughs> and prep it was and cool. chamber cheat. And yeah. it was just wasn't like, yeah, yeah. it just wasn't hot. Like it was hot, but it wasn't like, no. like we had these flags and you know, these flags were determining how hot it was. And I don't even think it got it to the orange flag and yeah. where everyone was so gutted. Yeah. Well, my wife was like that at the Beijing Olympics. She'd done so much heat work and she was so light and she was so, you know, really ready for a hot, more of a race of attrition, you know, one which is like, and then it didn't happen. I mean, it was warm, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't what we were expecting, you know, yeah. like high 30s with 90% humidity. It wasn't anything like that. And uh, and that was one of the things you're like, damn it, <laughs> I needed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, mate, so, you know, after that, what was the, you know, the reaction, um, you know, especially in New Zealand to, you know, I think you were, were you the first medal New Zealand got at that game? So I think you were, weren't you? Yeah, so yeah. it was like our first medal could have gone to one of our swimmers, but um, he just missed out. So I knew when I was on that start line, I was like, oh, man, like if you do well, you could be New Zealand's first medalist. And, uh, oh, it was next level hay. Like um, I think – yeah, it was just, I think we had a drought, a good drought of uh, medals for a good four or five days. And I was the only medalist for that time until we got onto the water and and then it started really coming in. But yeah, oh, like back home was just mental. Like yeah. um, <laughs> I was all over billboards and people were just sending me stuff and you kind of turn into like, you know, pretty much a household name. And, yeah. you know, this little kid that was a landscaper from Fakatane and now he's on the billboard in the biggest <laughs> city in New Zealand. You're just like, what the heck's going on? So I love that. It was, it was mental, but yeah. it was, uh, it was a, definitely a, I think one of the coolest parts was um, coming into the New Zealand camp and the whole team um, presents you with um, with a haka. Um, oh, wow. That was uh, – oh, that was – like being a New Zealander and getting that – giving that to you is – it's uh, it's a very oh, – it's, it's a very spine-tingling, emotional um, time. I love um, it. Being I... um, from kind of that culture and it was, it was awesome. I, um, how, how much was, uh, you know, obviously I raced the generation of Kiwis before you and, and, and I'm very close mates with Hamish Carter and, and, and Bevan yeah. Doherty and I had, we all had that many head to head races, you know, that whole, and, and even I was fourth in the Olympics where they went one, two, and I was trying to hunt them down. But, you know, you were seven, uh, in 2004, if I'm, if I'm correct, or six or seven, did that event impact you at all in the sport of triathlon or did that ever you know, was that any reason you got into the sport? Yeah, so it was actually, I was, it was actually crazy because I even, um, you know, looking, watching the Rio games, 
Uh, I had essentially no clue what triathlon was. Um, the only reason I knew what on-road triathlon was because I was doing Xterra. Um, so I was an off-roady boy um, and did multi-sport, but, uh, which Braden, a guy in New, in New Zealand, Braden Curry, um, you know, did so instead of swimming, would kayak, and you know that's what I would do. So my first on-road race was only in about 2017, where I raced in Gisborne. Um, the only kid with a wet wetsuit because I had no clue how to swim. Um, and it was only like a 200 meter swim and I just got absolutely smashed, like completely smashed. <laughs> um, and it was two years of just complete grind to try and get that swim up. So that was kind of when I made the change, but and then, you know, obviously you're going to get into the sport and you just see how much rich history we have with Bev and Doherty and Hamish and, yeah. you know, actually Hamish at the time was our CEO in Tokyo. I remember that. He, he, he was on my show yeah. right before going and he actually picked you for a medal, I think, on, on the podcast we did together, yeah. I actually, I did I did listen to that podcast when you had like the four Olympic medalists <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he was he was the only one that was really kind of um, playing to his cards and said, oh, no, 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 not, not picking someone. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he knew. I think he knew how how well I was running. Well, it must have been after the recording because we all stayed on and chatted and had a bit of banter. He was definitely preaching you big time. So, <laughs> well, it was actually really good to have him because he was. Yeah, obviously he was in the village and. You know, he was. You know, I've read his book, but to, to kind of to kind of hear it firsthand from him was was awesome. You know, he is. You know, he's done it all. You know, he was ranked number one. Mm-hmm. Coming into Sydney, obviously didn't have the race he wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, and then just coming back and and absolutely giving it some in Athens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know he was just explaining, you know, the ups and downs and lows. He was just a great mentor to have, and you know it was just having him there your day up before the race, and you know talking me through a few things and and just you know acting it as just another race. Um, I also had someone that I was working with, like my coach Liz has been to Olympics for swimming and mm-hmm. uh, one of our most decorated swimmers, um, Moss Burmester, um, you know, we're kind of from the same town and, um, you know, he was just, uh, you know, just saying it's just another race and to hear it from three Olympians, you're just like, all right, like there's got to, you know, it's just another race and, and that's kind of how I did it was just, mm. I'm more so an underdog. I'm actually just, Tokyo for me was just uh, to try and get to Tokyo and then just use it as some experience and yeah from there it was just uh yeah just use it as another race and just give it some and i, I think that was my kind of my super strength is yeah i just literally acted like it was another race if you ever get a chance i don't know if you've listened to hamish carter on the episode i did with him it was really good in terms of understanding mindset and how he changed his behavior almost like he yeah uh, he, he talked about like 2000 you know how did Simon Whitfield get the gold medal he didn't deserve it you know it wasn't deserve it and uh, and obviously we're all mates with Simon and everything and it's all fine but it, it's like hang on the guy that wins the race deserves it not the person that comes in world number one or has his track record and everything else and he had to actually change the way his whole perspective on the way he went in to the next Olympics but it's a really great episode I don't know if you've listened to it but I was very impressed with the guy um but let's do this I, I, I'm really curious about your background even before you know we've, we've looked at this past 18 months but 
you know, when, when did your sort of passion for endurance sports, when did that all start? And, and tell me a little bit about finding that passion. Yeah. So long story short, essentially I was just a fat little boy um, <laughs> that followed my parents, no, that followed my brothers. Uh, I played hockey, turf hockey. I played football and that was pretty much it. Just followed my brothers, just did the average Joe sports and yeah, just wanted to, and just something kind of flicked the switch and started running down the, I just started doing a lot of running to get fit for my my average Joe sports and uh, and then uh, my uh, I was like oh this is thing could get to go and, and get to go is essentially a team of eight four guys and four um, lasses and um, you'd be in a team um, and you'd be on an expedition for two days. Um, on an island and then you'd be running around in the New Zealand wildland for checkpoints and um, and that's what I was aiming to kind of do and um, and event racing in New Zealand is huge like uh, you know you go into it's we just love the adventure side and orienteering and uh, we're all about it so that's kind of how it all started was just getting fit for hockey and then teacher said hey you're looking relatively fit you want to try and you know, qualify for our team and qualified for the team. And then the, yeah, the, my teacher again was like, Hey, um, come to some athletics events, come to uh, do a duathlon. So I picked up the bike and started going pretty hard on the bike. And, and all of a sudden I actually an ex, um, junior world champ, um, Karen Coates, um, mm. he said, Hey, like, um, you know, you should do triathlon, man. Like you're an amazing runner. Um, you can ride exceptionally well. Um, we will just, I'll just, I'll teach you how to swim. So essentially he got me in the pool. I was, oh man, I, I was terrible. Um, I couldn't even do one lap without kind of being exhausted. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then just, I was like, oh yeah, like get into the pool at least you know, once or twice a week, three K happy days. And that's what I did for a, a good couple of months. And that, that got me into shape for X Rotorua. And, uh, yeah, from there I went to Maui world champs a couple of times, uh, won the under 19s two times in a row. Uh, and then I made the kind of a switch to, uh, try and pursue a, a, a career in exterior on the off-road stuff. Um, I then did that year as well, um, did a, a race called the Coast to Coast, which is a 260K race. I know, I know it well, mate. I know it well. That's the one of the epic, epic adventure oh, races. Oh, yeah. And so I, I did two. I did the two days. I was too young to do the one day, but I did the, yeah, did the two day. And um, that was, yeah, that was kind of my last multi-sport race until I went, um, you know, full on into the X-Terror. And I met this, this, this old fella who used to swim at a pool, his name's Eddie and, uh, you know, as old, old veterans do on the, in the swimming pool, they just loves to give you tips for the, on the swimming. And he was giving me tips on how I should swim better. And then all of a sudden he was my coach and I was like, Hey, I'm swimming this much. He's like, okay, we're going to, you're going to be swimming about five times a week. And then we'll do a, we'll do a 1500 meter time trial. I think I did a 1500, 1500 meters in the pool at like 24 minutes was shocking. Mm-hmm. A few months after that, it got down to like 21. So I was like, perfect. That's cool. And, um, that's kind of when I made the move to Tauranga, uh, which is 45 minutes down the, down the road and picked up a job as a landscaper. So to pretty much essentially fund my career uh, where I didn't really come from a, a very um, wealthy family. So I wasn't going to take any money off my mum. Uh, this is my sport. This is my career. Um, if I wanted to do it, I'd do it my own way. Mm. Um, so just 
up at five swimming by myself um, to work from nine till three as a landscaper. So digging holes, building retaining walls, putting some grass down, happy days. But I was surrounded by such a cool crew. So actually the days went pretty fast and I was like, hey, I'll just use this as my gym session and um, we'll just call it that. Uh, I love that. I, and I, I expect this so much from Kiwis. I'm sorry. You guys are such, <laughs> you are always such mongrels and tough buggers to race. <laughs> I just, I just love that. I keep going, but <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I got you know, it's it just one of those funny things. Now you get your diggers license and happy days off you go. And, um, <laughs> and then, yeah, that, that afternoon I'd either do biking or running. So I look back at it now and have no clue how I was doing it, okay. but, uh, um, this is essentially when I found my coach who I've been with for six years now, uh, Craig Kirkwood. Um, mm-hmm. I went up to him and said, Hey, I want to get to the Olympics. Um, can you help me out? And, uh, I think he saw some sort of flair in me that was like, okay, this kid really wants to do it. He wants to push it hard. What year was that? What year was that? And how old were you? Yeah. So that was, um, in 2017. Um, and okay. I was just the first year out of high school. So, yeah. oh, not even 20 yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. still 19 left home at, yeah, left home after high school at 18 and, and moved to move down the road, um, and, uh, pursued the dream. And, he was like, yep, let's do it. Um, and then he introduced me to my swim coach, who I'm still with now, um, Liz Van Whaley. And then yeah, she laughed at me because uh, she just laughed at the amount of swimming I was doing. Like I was still swimming, you know, three times a week, yeah. um, about three, four K. And yeah. she's like, all right, we're going to make you do for two years. You're doing seven sessions a week. You're doing about five and six K and you're going to get drilled by the swim squad. And I'm like, oh, yay, fun. I love swimming. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's, you and I are much the same. Running was my favorite. Bike was a second, you know, very close to the run. And the swim was like, Unless I'm in the waves, catching waves and surfing, I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I, I got to exactly. do it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, fast forward a few years. Uh, I put two years of grinding um, and my first race was – uh, at the end of 2017, um, I had enough money to, to get to Asia and I knew it was going to be make or break. So for us, it was, um, Asia cups, which is essentially continental cups, which is third, mm-hmm. kind of that third division for ITU. Yeah, um, yeah. and yeah, had some pretty good results, had some top 15s, got some good points and I got, so for New Zealand to make it to the world cups, which is tier two, you must be within 3% of the winner in two races. And I, I took that box. And yeah, it was my first World Cup in New Plymouth. Um, ah, didn't yeah, go yeah. too well. I yeah, it was it was a rainy day, and I got into a crash and had to limp home, but still finished. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, went to Malula Bar and, and and did pretty well. I actually, I got into a breakaway with Tyler Mislichuk, um and uh, two Aussies, and then they all of a sudden just stopped riding, and I was like, oh, bugger it. Um, we're 20 seconds up. I'm just going to keep going. So got to the end of the ride and I was about 20 seconds up and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I'm leading a race. I can't believe it. Um, and, uh, yeah, got, got to the end of the race. I think I got like eight that race and I was like, Oh man, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, came home and, and just kind of get yeah, lived the rest of the year out in New Zealand. 
Uh, and then my first year in Europe was 2018 where I raced in Cagliari in Italy. Um, that was my first European race and got onto the podium and yeah, the rest mm. was kind of history. Um, I got picked up by super league and they loved the way I raced. And I was like, Oh, sorry, I'm back in New Zealand and I literally can't afford to fly back to, um, back to Europe and they're like, oh, no, 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 we've, we'll sort you out where flights and everything are paid. I'm like, oh, put me on the next trip. <laughs> I'm rolling in it. I'm rolling in it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. First, I had to ask the boss if I could get off work. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so great. Are you still working as a landscaper now or did you put that on hold for the moment? No, the boys the boys let me take off <laughs> annual leave for the last three years, so that's, that's all good. But they said the job's there whenever, I'm, whenever I want to come back. <laughs> yeah. You, meant, you mentioned your, your mum and your brothers. How long ago did your dad pass? Yeah, so my dad passed about 14 years ago. Um, so he was a fertilizer pilot. Um, and I was at my, yeah, I was at my best friend's house and uh, got the news that um, I had to, yeah, sadly come home um, for no reason. And I uh, thought, yeah, rocked up to the house and kind of thought it was like a, a bit of a party going on. But uh, yeah, a little bit opposite of uh, the party got uh, given the bad news. My my, uh, my dad was in a, a plane accident and, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, it was definitely a very big, um, time of the, um, I guess my life, you know, I was about 10 years old. I kind of know what happened, but in a way I didn't know really what happened. Um, and yeah, I guess looking at it now, like, you know, I'm very, I'm very kind of okay to talk about it, and I think it's great to be very open to these things and not let them meet you up inside. And uh, I'm always, I've always said to people, like, I'm very open to it and I don't mind talking about it. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was definitely it was definitely hard, but I think it made it, it definitely made me the person I am today. Like, it made me tough, resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at my brothers, how they helped me as well, and, and my mum, you know, raising three teenage mm. kids by herself but then also my stepdad um jumping in uh, i was it was a tough time for everyone but we look back at it now and it was it's just made our family so solid um and my brothers are just kind of it's, it's awesome because we used to like hate each other in a way you know as brothers do and we used to fight and all that sort of nonsense but now we're just we're just great mates and they just love seeing me kind of be so successful and they also uh, it's also good having them there as well because they keep you your head level and um, give you as much crap as they need to so it's uh it's great to to have that so um but uh, yeah as i said like not coming from a very uh, wealthy family but also having this sort of you know big big thing happen in your life i think it's made me the athlete i am today and i go into every race um just give it absolutely everything because, you know, it could be your last race of your career. Um, so, and, that, and that's what I kind of go into racing. And I think that's why I'm such an aggressive racer and why people may or may not like it. But that that's kind of how I head into racing is, is I'll give it everything no matter what. I won't hide. If I'm hiding, I'm you know, I'm definitely suffering. So, <laughs> Mate, I, well said, really well said. And it's, you know, being through similar situations, it's, it's amazing how... The, these traumatic uh, experiences can actually have a silver lining, um, you know, that it does bring you stronger to other loved ones and that kind of thing. So, I, you know, and, and the way you're approaching the racing by going, this could be my last and so i got to give it everything. Man, I love that. You know, that's yeah. that's what you want to be living. I, it's kind of... Um, 
I've said it on this show. I, I like to start every day with my, my gratitude. You know, I, I start with my gratitude, giving thanks for my health and my family and my work and everything else. But, but also then going, this could be my last day, right? And, and you have that and then you kind of say it to yourself over again. And it's amazing how you go, okay, if that's the case, let's get going, right? It, it, it's, <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. So looking back, you know, you, you've really, it's, it's a pretty short career, but like I said in the intro, it's packed <laughs> with with great performances. <laughs> you know what? What have you? What have been? If you said, okay, the the highest high moment and, and the and the lowest low. Let's start with the high. What's the highest moment you've had in you in your career to date? Oh, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to say it would yeah be um, the Olympics for sure. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, like it was me. Literally, I've I've actually got it on the. I've actually got it in my Snapchat um, highlights. It was in 2016, and Snapchat I was literally. I, I, yeah, like you get those Snapchat highlights that kind of pop up onto your screen all the time. But okay, yeah. The, the, the young generation will know about it. Yeah, yeah sorry, buddy. I don't have Snapchat, but I, I love it. Go <laughs> on. <laughs> and uh, every year it pops up, and it's um, and it and it was a 20. It was in 2016. It was in Rio Games, and I was literally sitting on the couch, um, just got back from work and it was, um, the highlights of the triathlon. And I was like, oh, and I just had a caption, like a cheeky caption saying, oh, one day I'll be there. Um, and then, yeah, well, five years later I was there. So, wow. um, just being there and I think getting a medal was, yeah, like I just wanted to get on the New Zealand team and, but to come away with medal was like, whoa, like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and what about, you know, the low? Have you had any kind of, what's been the lowest low for you? And have, oh. you, le- have you learned anything from it, ideally? <laughs> yeah, I've had some, I've had some pretty, like, I guess looking at performances, um, I think my lowest time was trying to qualify for um, the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. Um, and I had the best swim I've ever had in my life, um, and got into transition, got, cause I got quite beaten up, um, in the water and came into transition, um, obviously getting ready for the bike and decide to start putting my running shoes on and looking around, I'm like, Oh no, what am I doing? Um, and so I had to quickly tuck the wetsuit off with the shoes and get on my bike and that was the pack gone and that was this, my selection for the Commonwealth oh. Games. They're essentially, you know, vanishing. So that was, yeah, it was a pretty hard on that one. Yeah. But I think also, um, I think if I look at a um, sacrifice, you know, as a sacrifice side, just missing a lot of, um, you know, like I, I didn't grow up in the sport. Um, so I've got so many friends outside the sport. Um, mm, mm. so I've, I'm, I've missed so many, I guess so many kind of, um, you know, engagements with my, my friends outside the sports. And, and that's kind of one thing I really do miss is, is like, I actually caught up with, uh, with my two of my best mates in, in London. They're actually from home, my hometown and they literally know completely nothing about triathlon. They all, all I know is that I race and I do pretty well. And that's, I love that stuff, you know, um, <laughs> and it's, it's not talking about shops. So I really miss, you know, my mates outside triathlon too because they kind of bring you down to earth and it's not all about triathlon you're gonna talk with them so i really miss those 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 opportunities and those times of seeing my mates grow up and and not kind of spending that time with them because you're always on the road so that's kind of what it's it's been one of the hardest things for sure yeah the traveling and the living out of the bag it it it, it, 
it can get old. I, I know with us, we just got to the point of going, okay, we need two home bases, you know, one in North America and, and one in Australia. And, um, and that was made it a bit easier, you know, kind of going six months, six months, but, um, it does get old. It does, does get tiring, but it's like, if your purpose is still in place, your mates will come to you. I found your good mate, your good mates will travel. Like you said, you oh, met up with them in yeah, London. I found and, that out. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I love, I love that you've come from this background where there hasn't been a lot of money and there's been, you know, pretty tough times in the family. And, and now I think you, you must be one of the highest paid, uh, earners, definitely prize money earners for, for, you know, 2022, um, you're now not, not to spill the beans on everything, but, and not talk shop, but it's just great to see you making a solid six figure income. Have the uh, sponsors all jumped on board? Has that been good for you too? Yeah, it's been really good. You know, I've, I've, uh, you know, my, I've got actually some new partners coming along, um, cool. next year, which I would love to tell you, but oh, uh, we'll wait for the surprise. To, yeah. You have to <laughs> until December, um, yeah, yeah. at next, at the end of the year. But you know, my, it's always been loyalty for me, for my, my partners. And, um, you know, I, I want to be loyal to the brands and that's what I've always been about. Um, so, you know, being with Specialized for a good eight, nine years, mm. um, and all my other partnerships, it's always kind of giving back to them because I know that they picked this, this kid up that kind of was doing nothing, but they, they saw potentially something and, uh, it's, it's, it's been great. So I always love to, to be so loyal to, to people that have, that have been so loyal, loyal to me. So, mm-hmm. um, I've never been kind of all about chopping and changing, but I think when I first kind of got into the sport, I was, all I wanted to do was make it to the Olympics and that was that. And if I could make something out of it, that's on the road, that's awesome. Um, but I've always told myself the, the, the first, the first things I ever want to do if I became successful and made some money was, it's helped my family in a way. Yeah. As I said, like, you know, we haven't had such a, you know, a lot of money in the family. And, uh, unfortunately when my dad passed, there was some financial things that was, was hard with the house. And, and, you know, obviously my mother bringing up three kids through high school is not a, not a cheap, uh, not mm. a cheap kind of uh, thing to do. So, you know, there was, there's some, some, some kind of things that my mom needed to owe back, you know, like the mortgage of the house. So my, my first thing was to, to help my mom fully pay off the mortgage. And so she could come over and essentially watch me race because she's never, been able to afford to come overseas to watch me race. So the first thing I did when I did one Super League was like, hey, mum, send me a send me a bank account because I'm going to pay the mortgage off and so you can live a non-stressful life um, because, you know, you don't need stress when you're 55 or, or whatever. You should be able to live a, a pretty awesome life and get to enjoy your, your kids' kind of careers. So, yeah, I did that to help mum and hopefully she can come overseas and, and watch some more right. races. So that was kind of, the yeah, my big thing. So everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do with your money? I'm like, well, give it back to the family and then look after myself after that. Mate, you're choking me up over here, mate. That is absolutely beautiful. Really, very yeah. cool. That, very that was cool. definitely one of the things I wanted to yeah do when I was a kid. So yeah, she's helped us a lot. So why not give back, hey? Oh, what an incredible story, buddy. 
mate, this has been really fantastic just chatting with you. And, uh, you know, you and I haven't actually met, you know, and, and, and I kind of, <laughs> I kind of reached out to you on Instagram and said, Hey, would you come on? And you were, you were very receptive and I, you know, it truly appreciate it. I want to finish up with, um, you know, a, a few questions and just maybe some opinions and that kind of thing, if you're up for it. So, um, yeah. Okay. I, I got one kind of question here. If you could have dinner with anybody in the world, three people would be great. Non-family, Okay, so non-family, uh, living or dead, who who would you want to have dinner with? Oh, those ones. Are, that's a toughie. It is it? a toughie. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth, because I just think he's pretty cracky. Isn't he the uh, best? Isn't he the best? He's like, great. That's a good yeah, choice. Good, I like eh? that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Will Ferrell, because he's just it's just Will Ferrell, <laughs> and that's just it's just fantastic. Like yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, I'd have to say. I, I don't know. I'll come back to you on just, that one. Just, bring, just invite me, mate. I'll, I'll be awesome. I'll make it really fun dinner. Yeah, I'd say you want to come along. <laughs> I love it. For those those two, I think if you added, if you're going to keep, keep in the entertainment realm, if you add, added either The Rock or Mark Wahlberg in that group, I think you'd have a really fun well, dinner. Yeah, true. Either The Rock or, um, yeah, one of those guys that should be pretty crack up to me. That's fair. awesome. All right, mate. Here's the next one for you. Where do you see yourself in three years' time? Oh, when I see myself in three years um well hopefully finally have not as much of a gypsy um Mm. in europe and have myself a a place uh to call home Mm -hmm. um somewhere in spain where i normally do my training and uh yeah i guess that's a few years after after paris so uh, hopefully i can kind of have a a a nice easy year but yeah somewhere just having a year off, um, giving back. Well, I've always wanted to give back to kind of the sports. So um, I kind of want to, if I do leave the, leave the sport, I'd like to still kind of keep in an active role and 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 help kind of like the next generation. So I'd definitely like to kind of do something like that, like maybe start up my own event or start my own foundation in a few years' time. Very cool, mate. You're a good person. How about um, opinions? And I don't know if – I want to know um, – your thoughts on who do you think is the greatest athlete of all sports of all time, man and woman? Ooh. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I could. I could. Yeah, like I'd say someone like Kachogi, because um, yeah. I know how fast he runs, and that is ridiculous. I can. I could probably do it for. I could probably keep his pace if I trained for it properly for a half marathon and then I'd be done. There's very few people in the world that could even say that, mate. Most of us are talking about <laughs> how many yards we could get, how many feet. <laughs> it's mentally, I'll just like, I, I've, I've kind of calculated a few times. Like if I could train, I could, I could at least do half. <laughs> That's pretty awesome uh, though. I, I did a, uh, in lockdown actually, I did, uh, I tried to go for the New Zealand hour record and it was 120 metres away. Oh. So I did 20.26 kilometres in an hour, which is like a, a relatively around 61 pace. Wow. With a disastrous headwind and it was an absolute disaster on the running track, but that's Auckland weather for you. Yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, but, oh, I would have to say for the, like, the woman's side, would be well, um, she's a cyclist. She's won 280 stages, like a few Olympic medals. Um, oh, I totally forgot her name. That's right. It'll come back to you in a moment. Unbelievable record. Mm. Um, 
but yes, someone like that, just like to be that consistent over your career, you've got to be something special, you know? Yeah. I think for me, like I think consistency is better than one you know, that one off yeah, person. I agree. You know, like you've yeah. you gotta be if you're consistent and you're always turning up to, to every year and, and being there mm. any any meek, any then yeah, I don't I don't know. She's a, I can't pronounce it in Dutch. I'm terrible. But yeah, she's unreal. They're two great ones. Um let's finish with some rapid fire. You ready? Yep, ready to go. All right. One book you would recommend. Hamish Carter's book. Nice. All right. Yeah. Two most used apps on your phone. <laughs> Probably Strava and Garmin Connect. Nice. I love it. Maybe, maybe Instagram. <laughs> and Instagram, yeah. Well, you're pretty quick yeah. to get back to me on Instagram, so that was yeah. awesome. All right. <laughs> what time of day are you most productive? Mornings. Yeah. Between when I'm at, in New Zealand, it's always swimming in the morning because that's what's random. That's why some coach, some squads do in New Zealand is they yeah. swim at five and yeah. might as well carry on. So I'll normally finish most of my training in New Zealand by 12. No, no, it's awesome. You just wrap it up quick. Mm. All right. First exactly. job. First job. Um, shoe salesman. Really? <laughs> yeah. In a sports store or a just shoe a- store? Yeah, yeah. In a shoe store. And I. Yeah. It was honestly, it probably had to be harder than my landscape job because it was just you're you're in a mall trying to sell <laughs> Nikes, Essex, Sacconis, and then you're just standing all day and you're in a mall and it was mentally fatiguing. So I <laughs> I needed a change and that's when I went to landscaping. I love it. All right, out of ten, how cool are you? Oh, I'd have to get at least. Oh, I'd probably make like maybe a three. A three? Come on, <laughs> come on! You've, you've even got a nickname, the Maltese Falcon. You've, how can you give yourself a three? <laughs> My goodness! Oh, we got to work on your uh, your confidence there. We're right? five, we're five, eh? We'll, just, we'll meet you halfway. <laughs> I know that's such an uncomfortable <laughs> question, isn't it? I, I, all right. Who would you want to play a movie of your life? Well, uh, like I would say Chris Hemsworth, but I think my arms are probably a bit too big for him. So. <laughs> yeah, you want to get somewhere that's built a bit better. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Which decade of music is the best? Oh, 2000, early 2000s oh, yeah. when, you know, NMM, uh, I kind of like my rap. So it was before kind of the rap that came in that kind of just like repeats itself over and over. It was kind of. Dr. Dre, that sort of stuff. But I'm a big fan of like kind of relaxed music too. Like um, we got uh, Sticky Fingers that we, who are an Australian based band and Chanelli. Mm-hmm. Go and check those guys out. Those uh, it's like kind of vibes, very Kiwi, relaxed surfing vibes. It's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I like that music. But I, apart from that, I don't think you and I could probably do a long, a long car trip together. I think our music choice is... <laughs> right, i got a big genre. You do, if you want to crack some classics queen, I'm all, I'm all for it. If you could be transformed into one animal, which animal would you choose? Well, I had to say falcon, wouldn't I? Or I said to be a bit disrespectful <laughs> to the nickname. <laughs> Who gave you that, by the way? Was that from Super League and one of the... Was that Macca or one of those guys? Yeah. Yeah, it was Mecca's uh, right-hand man, um, MG. Oh, Mick Gilliam. Mick Gilliam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Great guy. Um, and I was, I was like, I was kind of just behind. He's like, oh, here comes the Falcon. I'm like, everyone's like, who the heck is he talking about? <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden everyone kind of realized he's talking about me. And I was like, oh, right. And then I kept on getting these these kind of these like little videos sent to me um, about like the, the Maltese Falcon, essentially 
his dude was called the Mounted Maltese Falcon because he was a war hero veteran and yeah. he flew a plane to look after the Maltese Mount, uh, the Maltese Islands and yeah, yeah. he would come around the back. So oh, it's a crap summer and I'd, you know, be at the back and he would attack his enemies from behind. So that was me on the bike attacking my enemies from behind and, um, and then getting to the race at the front. But yeah, he would kind of go right under the radars and then, you know, attack from the back. And what that a was great that. nickname. Then, That's a nickname worth keeping. Well done, Mick. Mick Gilliam, yeah, if you're listening, um, buddy. Um, we go way back too. I know Mick from the 80s. So, yeah, <laughs> he's a great guy. Um, and I love that. I love that, that name. You've got to keep that one. Um, <laughs> all right. Two more. How many episodes of The Greg Bennett Show have you listened to? Four. Oh, we're going to have to push that up. <laughs> but potentially, potentially actually probably more because I used to sleep in my – I used to live at my coach's house and essentially I used to live in his office on the fold-out couch for like three, four months of the year when I come home. And uh, I'd just like walk in after a hard day of training and just be like absolutely smashed. But he would be in his office listening to podcasts yeah. and essentially either be – Greg Bennett show, the Brad Bear physical performance show, or like a running podcast. That's um, awesome. So I've actually probably heard more sub- subconsciously. Subconscious. So. Well, Brad Bear, big, big <laughs> shout out to Brad, and people should check out his show. It is really amazing. Okay, last question: greatest movie of all time? Oh, I'm like my uh, my, my girlfriend kind of dislikes me for this because I don't really. I suck at watching movies, but I'm a Marvel fan, to be fair. I do love a bit of Marvel. How good are they? So, like, oh, man, so good. And then, yeah, it's just great. Like, um, you have, like, from Avengers to Thor. I I kind of like that sort of superhero movie sort of stuff. I don't know why, but. No, because they do such a good job. Because they've got action, humor. They've got a reasonable plot. Oh, no, the whole thing. I I never thought I'd be into them either. I'm a 50-year-old man that loves them. (coughs) You know? (laughs) Love it. But Uh, Peaky Blinders goes pretty hard. Oh, you and I could sit down and watch Peaky Blinders together. There we go. There's our connection, mate. I love it. it. Yeah, that is the best. I even went out and bought a three-piece suit after watching that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Uh, Very very good. Have you watched Chariots of Fire? No, but I've heard it's good. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy that. I think you'd enjoy mm. that. It's a that's probably my favourite movie of all time, and it was one I watched in the eighties and early nineties, probably two or three times a year. I yeah. loved it. I don't know if it's aged very well. I'm sure it's probably not that great now, but in the time it was. But mate, this has been fantastic. What's next for you? Bit of a break and before I got COVID, I was going to conquer the world of cyclocross and race a few races. Ah. But now I don't think that was. I think I was just going to jump into the deep end and, and give and see what it was like with the big boys. Yeah. But essentially I was going to race a cyclocross race where there was about 80% of running. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it's not going to happen anymore. So I'm just going to put my feet up for a couple of weeks and yeah, I just kind of cruise really. There's a few kind of Kiwis in Leuven, which is like the high performance center of Belgium essentially. And, um, there's meant to be a few good kind of cross country running races there. So might do some cycle cross racing, some cross country racing. Um, yeah, obviously in Belgium for Christmas with my partner and, uh, and then in the new year, mm-hmm. we'll head to Alpe d'Huez, uh, for a ski trip. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah. Very cool, mate. It'll be fun, but 
it's a scary thought, but there's only 12 weeks until the World Series opener in Abu Dhabi. So is that all it is? Yeah, that's very early for this year. Um, starts in March, but then there's a big break until Yokohama, which is the second stop, which is normally the first stop. So yeah. everyone's like, huh, what? Oh, that's awful. We have to start early. Yeah, you've had a late finish and an early start. And then you got a little break yeah. and then, it, you know, it's all about collecting Olympic points and everything else like that. Or have you already qualified or how's that work for you? For uh, um, So for the New Zealand qualification, we must podium uh, at a World Series hmm. and then podium at the test event for automatic selection. If you only do one of those, which I already have, um, so that's kind of like the, the B tier of qualification. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very hard to automatically qualify as a New Zealander, very similar to the British um, yeah. qualification. So, yeah, unfortunately, if you medal, if you medal at the Olympics and you get a World Series podium, it doesn't mean anything. you just got to keep charging. Go and podium at the Tokyo test event. So mm-hmm. keeps you hungry. Keeps well, you hungry. Well, mate, I'm excited for you. And honestly, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat. So I really appreciate you coming on in the evening in Belgium where you are. Um, and just, you know, last minute, I got <laughs> right this morning. Honestly, no dramas. I'm actually yeah. I'm actually at the house by myself. The, oh. the missus and the whole family's left me to go and race Clash Daytona. So. Oh, they're here. Because I'm in Florida, so Clash Daytona is only an hour, hour north from where I am. But uh, my girlfriend Hannah Devitt's racing, so it's her first long course race, and I she races for Belgium. She's kind of around that ranked third, and she's uh, quite like you know she's 20, 24 which is in ITU and in the ladies right now. It's yeah. actually it's very young, you know. Yeah, a lot of yeah. the top ladies are around you know that that high kind of twenties, yeah. so. I think she'd do a lot better when she's uh, at that long course. She's got the engine for it. Um, so ah, I'm very excited to see how she goes. And she's had a pretty rough few years with injury of like mm. breaking bones and head concussions. So yeah, just kind of hopefully she can tick the book off and finish off the, the year with a high. But um yeah, we'll see how it goes. Oh, mate. I see, I see Leo Bouget's pulled out. He's not feeling that well. Oh, so. really? Well, Vincent Louis is still there, yeah. right? Vincent's uh, yeah. still looking to race. I think he's yeah. probably the man to beat. We'll, we'll see. This episode will come out after the race. Um, yeah. <laughs> everybody will be like, guys, we already know the results. Stop talking. Um, but, mate, this was really great. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to catching up with you in person one day. I'm very excited to watch you you know, commit to racing over the next few years, especially looking, you know, towards Olympics and everything else. You've got so many big things on the horizon. Yeah. But, mate, I'm a huge fan. So, you know, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. I've always, uh, it's definitely one of the podcasts I've always wanted to be on. So, no, thanks for, uh, for paving me on. And for everybody listening, you can uh, find all the show notes and timestamps and everything else at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. Sweet. Thanks a lot for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.